Hey, everybody. Welcome to Losing Your Mind with Chris Cosentino. I am sitting here in Napa Valley, St. Helena to be specific, with Hiro Sone and Lissa. And she does, she's shaking her head. No, she's not here. I'm a, she's a figment of my imagination <laughs> as we speak. But uh, welcome, Hiro. It's I great to have you. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. Yeah. And I thank you for not coming late. I was only two minutes. <laughs> two minutes. Traffic stinks. So, Hiro, I, yes. you and I have known each other for a long time, and I, and uh-huh. I feel very fortunate to have had a very long-standing relationship. You have been nothing but uh, an amazing mentor to t- so many young chefs. No. Uh, yes, don't sell yourself short, ever. Yeah, talking to the microphone. Make it look like you have a big bozo nose. <laughs> See, now you're really good. There we go. Um, but And I think one of the things for me that's always been really amazing is how you've inspired people, and you've done it in, in such a relaxed, confident way that people aren't afraid. Mm. And, you know, you've come from a time when training was very different. That's right. And very harsh. Very harsh. And you chose not to train that way. Yes, you would push and want people to get the best out of people, but in a, you've always been this way in a very civilized kind way. And I think that that, that says a lot about changing prior to this, all these big conversations that everybody's been talking about now with being kind and being nice to their staff and the new movement. I mean, you were doing new that, movement, the new say. movement. Yeah. I mean, it's really, truly, it is a new movement and, uh, but you've been doing that for so many years and you know, I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg of what, you know, I think you have to offer this audience is, you know, where you came from, what your training was like then, and how you transferred it into how you trained people now. Mm. When I start, uh, that was in Tokyo, uh, probably I was uh, 18 years old. Yeah, just out from uh, cooking school. And the first restaurant, I worked for was Italian restaurant. Probably there's a tiny kitchen, but almost like a 12 cooks in a packed in a small space. And the uh, chef was really tough. Of course, like other older cooks was so tough too. And uh, they were so mean to me too. How, and you were how old when you started there? Uh, I think, I, 18, I think so. So in, in that timeline, you I mean, and I, and I don't think people realize that, Italian food and French food in Japan was so highly revered and it was such a serious training program. Yeah, almost like a really like a military, worst case of military t- training, yeah. And uh, I was dishwasher for a little while. I did waiter too, same restaurant. Everybody get trained, start from uh, uh, front of the house. I think I, I like the idea because the cooks know What's customer want first, you know? Then you go to dish room, you kind of taste all leftover, right? <laughs> and you get to know the taste before you go into kitchen. So you work in a dish room, then you go to kitchen. But the k- kitchen, first you watch, wash pots and you know pans. Polishing copper. Yeah, coppers. But if chef making sauce, he noticed little dirty, little black spot on the pot, he throw pans at me <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> different time oh yeah that's a little by little so step by step finally you get to touch vegetable yeah how long did it take from let's just say you started in the front of the house then you were dishwashing to actually when you physically touched not receiving something or putting something away mm-hmm. But like when you actually physically got to pick up a knife and work with a vegetable or oh. work with a something there. Yeah, you know what? Uh, that was at the dishwasher time too. Because in the dish room, there's a pocket of time between the lunch and dinner. Chef just bring a huge bag of tripe. It's here you can get the tripe already clean. This was this was green yeah. tripe. So in you're Japan, talking about you're talking about honeycomb tripe. Honeycomb tripe or everything, everything in it. <laughs> You know that smell like? Oh, I know what that smells like. If anybody knows, I know. Yeah. So chef bring that and drop the bag in this room. So I have a work table. I scrubbing tripe for hours to get the white, you know, 
color you see in the United States if you're a tribe. Well, what's interesting is we now in the U.S. utilize bleach. Physically, what says on the bottle, Clorox, do not ingest, the, they use bleach to actually make the tripe white, whereas mm -hmm. you are scrubbing it, and basically you are scrubbing off a, a lining. The reason they call it green tripe is that's, that the hay stains and makes it green. So you have to scrub that film off every little square. Yep. And that's, no, that's no simple task because it's filled with sand. Everything. And you find in there, you, I'm sure you found like little pieces of barbed wire. You'd find metal. <laughs> you find everything. That stomach is known as the nail stomach. Yeah. And that's, it was the safety net before and it got the to the last stinkiest. stomach. It is the gnarliest thing. Oh, I yeah. mean, the in a small room, you know, this room, it's a steaming. It's already hot. It's a small room. And at the corner, I have worked there cleaning that. So it takes like three, four hours. Every day. Yeah. No, every day. No, oh every my God, day. could you imagine? No, <laughs> we would not have Hero Sony now if he had to clean tripe every day in between the shifts. But you know what? Chef was really tough. But uh, then I started working in the kitchen, actually started making vegetables or whatever. And he taught me a lot. The, that's why I always keep in my tripe dish at the Terra. Now it's closed, but uh, for, for the respect, you know, because I, that's, I have from a cleaning dishwasher day to I become sous chef at the same restaurant. So I have, for just for respect, I keep in the dish, yeah. That's amazing. I don't, I don't think people realize, and, you know, at our time during the, well, your time there in Japan, you know, I, I've read stories that some people were, you know, had to do laundry and had to wash the napkins and the chef's chef coats mm -hmm. prior to even being able to allow to wash dishes, mm -hmm. you know? And I think there's a disconnect between the time and energy and the work that you put in to get where you are now. I don't think people realize those histories. I think it's really important that people understand those histories of how the education was imprinted. Yeah, I respect the, you know, same time, uh, like just like the beginning you say, why I don't do the same style of teaching, young people, I don't do. I think I cannot control myself if I lose it. You know, I don't want to see myself, and then I cannot do anything. I, I, I think I know that. That's why I try to keep kind of always calm, try to, but my voice going to be shaking. <laughs> kind of we all know we, we all know hero and something's wrong i mean uh, you know i've done enough events with you and been around you at enough places where uh, i can see when somebody's doing something wrong that bothers you and it's it's apparent it's it's facial expressions it's the way you talk it's your body language <laughs> i know like i know you well enough to know that some other people may not even recognize that oh and, is that right so you were how long from when you started at this restaurant till you became a sous chef there? I think four years I was there. Yeah. Uh, okay. So four years. <clears throat> and now I think that's a really important number mm -hmm. there. You're 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 at one restaurant for four years. Yeah. And you stay and you started as a front of the house and then went to washing dishes, mm -hmm. then into the kitchen, then as time progressed, you worked all the stations and became yeah. a sous chef. <clears throat> that is dedication and loyalty to the business to that craft to that o chef also you know sometimes uh, if uh, or the cook he or she doesn't leave the restaurant you don't get go up right yeah so that's another you know lucky luckiness or whatever but also the the fact that you stayed that mm -hmm. restaurant for four years because that chef was continuously educating yeah. you giving you the opportunity to see. And I think that's a really important thing yeah, that, I, I, to, that I like to reiterate there is like you were one place for four years. I tell cooks too, you know, why don't you stay a little longer? Even she or he give me notice or something. If I see uh, this person is already completed some some kind of, you know, education from us, you know, completed, I, I will you know, happy to, you know, suggest somewhere to go too. But uh, sometimes I see the young cooks doesn't get anything, but they just want to move on. Uh, this person going to be, if we doing the same, same, this going to end up in the next restaurant, he's going to do the same, same. Then next restaurant, same, same, right? And at least you should be some, like a sous chef class, 
then you see the completely kind of what's going on in the restaurant, then move on to the next one. And then you can pick where you want to be. You know, you want to start from the beginning, you can do that. Or you can do sous chef job, you can do that too. So you were at this restaurant for four years. Where did you go next? I was working, same owner had a French restaurant. So sometimes. <laughs> so I you started Italian and then you went French? Yeah. Sometimes work French restaurant weekend, I come back. Kind of situation. Interesting situation. Yeah. Wow. And you were at the French restaurant for how long? Well, not quite long. So almost like I was a helper, one extra helper. Oh, so you were the hired gun. That's what it was. You were like the you were ace in the hole when somebody called out sick. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't say no. He doesn't say no. <laughs> no. See, but see that what you just said there, I think, is a really, a really something that that just sticks in my head. Like. Mm-hmm. You didn't say no. You saw it as an opportunity. Every chance that somebody asked you to do something, you saw it as a way to grow and learn, and you went for it. Oh, also need money. Of course, <laughs> there's a balance. There's yeah, both. Yeah. But also, you see it as, I'm going to learn something. I'm going to do more. Mm-hmm. And So how did you get from the, the Italian to the French? So where, how, you know... When did the Wolfgang restaurant come into effect? Like, how did you connect with Wolfgang? Where did you kind of go from there? Oh. And how did the pieces start so, to, to get you here to Napa? The interesting thing was uh, uh, the Italian restaurant I worked for. There was a captain on the front of the house. He moved on and uh, he started working in a company who bring an uh, American idea. To Japan and open the kind of same type. He has like uh, what's it called, uh, Cafe, some like a fast food chain. But the friend of mine already working for him, he called me and uh, hey, they're looking for chefs. They're gonna open two restaurants from United States. So I went to interview. So president asked me at the interview. So we're gonna open a restaurant called Hard Rock Cafe and the Spago. Which one you wanna be chef at? They asked me. Are you serious? Yeah, so Hard Rock Cafe. So it could have been Hard Rock Cafe or Spago. Uh-huh. And what made you choose Spago? So I, I didn't know anything about Spago. That was nineteen eighty two, I think. Just to open, they 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 just opened. But these people knew already. It was kind of scary, but uh, anyway, so I didn't know. But the hard rock cafe, I used to play hard rock music when I was high school. I know you play. Gu- you, I see you playing guitar all the time yeah, now. So like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a fun. But uh, I asked what kind of food they make, and they didn't have a connection with me. Then uh, they explained what Spago is, and uh, then uh, first first time I heard was uh, Chef Wolfgang Park, and he used to work a Michelin three star restaurant in France couple of places then i had a connection like oh maybe like uh maybe same food we do here so that was it <laughs> kind of strange but which is an amazing <laughs> that's to me that's completely amazing so where would you care to be the chef at hard rock cafe or spago <laughs> yeah, was- nowadays i mean <laughs> <laughs> that was a question man. that's an amazing question like <laughs> <laughs> yeah if i um, yeah i I'm I'm glad that Spago was the decision <laughs> because so many amazing things happened. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I went to Hard Rock Cafe after I got a job at the Spago. Yeah. Like there was a Hard Rock Cafe a week close to Spago. Was wow. it good? Wow. This is Spago. Hey, there's a nice guitar. A lot of guitar. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was it. And I, Chris, I really didn't know what's American people eating. I really thought hamburger and hot dog is a people eat here. Well, the, yeah, at that time, yes. Most people were just eating hamburgers that, and hot dogs. I mean, that's, I really and what year was this? 83, I can. 83. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's, I mean, that's really, that's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, like, okay, here's your choice. <laughs> or Spago. <laughs> so you met Lisa at Spago. Was yeah, that so, at Spago in, so, in, in Tokyo? or no, 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 no. Los Angeles. I came to... You know, they send for training, also spying, basically. Get everything, you know, what kind of flower they use, what kind of 
para they what kind of gucci's you use kind of thing <laughs> so basically you they, they franchised like <laughs> they franchised spago in tokyo and they really were like okay they you're going to so be the chef the deal was not clear like that i think they went to see ufkan but uh, uh they said basically you know they're going to be with us or with without us but we're going to open anyway kind of deal wow then ufkan come on board too so then become you know real real so you went to la uh-huh. to and, uh, train two months training yeah and uh, i met Melissa. she was pastry assistant and Nancy uh, Silverstone. wow yeah so there was three ladies was making no four ladies was making pastry they produce like a 15 different different cakes 20 different cakes every day and how many so spago when this you're you're talking in 83 here so you're talking that that place was busy busy we people do don't realize 350 cover every night weekend 400 over 400 and lunch you were doing lunch no, service no, no, no. no just, lunch then just dinner, just dinner. so yeah. but, but that into itself is a big number for the quality and caliber of food mm-hmm. that was being done yeah. there yeah. he took it was all or nothing with Wolfgang. I mean, he took it as as highbrow as it could be. I mean, you have so many things that have come out of that restaurant, the smoked salmon and caviar pizza. Mm. I mean, all those things that people, I don't think realize how he really reshaped California cuisine. You know, uh, ingredients was amazing. Every day we get, and that's something I never seen before, just arrived to the uh, you know back door. Was like, wow. Like the first time I saw it's a golden uh, raspberry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, and it's, it's amazing to think because uh-huh. Japan was known mm-hmm. for its so unique, high-quality produce, uh-huh. as well as fish. So to hear you say that you hadn't seen golden raspberries, mm-hmm. yet there's square watermelons <laughs> <laughs> in Japan is, is, a, is a big... Is, 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 Hey, that time nobody has golden raspberry, Chris. No, nobody. Only so, Spago get. So was it that just f- four flats a year? So were people just showing up at the back door with stuff? Only New so, farmers yeah. every day. No, no, no. Or was it just the same slew of people that were coming in and bringing? Yeah, that was an amazing time. And also, we got to pick up a vegetable at the Chino Farm in mm-hmm. San Diego. And uh, you know, actually, one of the Chino family members started driving for us. So like, they bring a vegetable to us from San Diego. Not every day, but... Uh, but still, that's a commitment. Yeah. And you... And that that just, time, only like uh, Shetanese and us at the spa was using their vegetable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's... And, and so just to kind of give everybody an idea, who else was in the kitchen with you at that time? That time, hmm. who was that? I don't know you. You know, oh Joe Manzari. Joseph Manzari. Of course, I almost forgot Joe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and you had Nancy Silverton. Nancy Silverton. Okay. And uh, Jim Neal. Jim Neal. I don't know. You know, I know. Uh, he was one of the cook at the. Spago, and he came basically with me to open Terra. He was first chef of Terra. So you, so you were in Spago for two and a half, three months. You went back to Japan to open Spago in Japan. Yeah. And how long was that open for? Or how long uh, were you there I for? I was there opening in May 1983. Then I think next following year, I left in October maybe. Yeah. And, and where'd you go? Come to Spago. Oh, yeah. you, you chased her. <laughs> Who are you pointing at? I'm pointing at Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. So I got the job at the Spago, Los Angeles, basically. Yeah. Okay. So I met the Joe. And, oh, yeah, David Gingras and uh, Annie Gingras, they're a couple same time I was there, and the day of the trio. Yeah, I mean, this just kind of goes to show you, like, 
what came out of that era and that time of collective of people was very, very influential across the board. Now it's huge. So I don't know most of the people. No? No. But the, it's amazing stuff was uh, last year or a few months ago, we went to Spago for special, just uh, listen to me, special occasion, dinner. Oh my God. Or or the busser waiters still there still there to come to us on the table eat one by once come to say hello amazing. that's amazing amazing like a 30 more than 32 years ago well that just says a lot about you know wolfgang and his organization and his staff and people are there because they believe in him yeah and he treats them well and that's mm -hmm. a powerful that's a powerful thing yep i know that was amazing wow almost i cry <laughs> I mean, it says a lot. It yeah, says also, a lot. Funny one was like Basa when I was there. Now he's become older. Then the now signs working as a waiter kind of situation. Oh, wow. Yeah, family working. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. So you went to Spago, LA. You were there. And then <clears throat> what was next from that? After that, we found a tower here in St. Helena. Yeah. That was 1988. So... <laughs> We already started looking for the, our restaurant in Los Angeles. We saw a couple of places, just didn't click. So one of the day, uh, father called, there's a restaurant for sale. So we came to see from Los Angeles. Then I called from here, Wolfgang. I I'm going to quit. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that went over like a <laughs> fart in church. It was okay. He was okay he, with he it? He said, yeah, uh, uh, give me two months. That's he said. That's fair. Yeah. So two months I work. And uh, Lisa came here before I moved to here because we bought restaurant already. So <laughs> so you bought the restaurant and then called to say you quit? <laughs> That's putting the cart before no, the no, horse no, no, a little no, no, bit. No, no. I, I say I, I'm going to quit. <laughs> then we bought the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> This is absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah. But hey, okay. So when you purchased Terra, yeah. what was here then? Uh, looks see. Oh, here you mean? No, here. what was in the valley? Oh, okay. Oh, what's the Cindy's uh, Mustards? Meadow was there. Or Travina. Travina was Was Live Fire still here? Live Fire? Live Fire up the way. Fred Halpern's old place? No. See, can you believe I remember that one? He was uh, later. But Karistoga, there was a... Katahula. Katahula was not here. He wasn't even here yet. So no. you're talking, what year is this now? 80, 88. 88. Yeah. So there's pretty slim pickings up here to go out to eat. So mustards, Trevinia. The ones uh, that everybody knows. Youngfield, mustards, Trevinia. Youngfield, there was uh, something. Piat, he was here. Oh, you remember? That's right. We, we went to so, it was really slim pickings restaurant wise oh. up here back then. Mm. Ranch Andrew was here, but the different owner. Different owner wasn't. Yeah. wasn't yeah. original yeah. owners. It was, wasn't TK. Uh, Sally Schmidt. Yeah, yeah. So that was there, and we really liked the French Laundry, so we used to go. Yeah, that was a great meal. Every time we I I've I never been there prior. Mm. I've only been to French Laundry once. Well, sometimes we can request too. Like we like really like uh, oxtail, so she makes oxtail. So and I mean entire dining room gonna eat in oxtail because we, oh. we request it. <laughs> oh, because that back then it was a one yeah, entree. It was a prefix. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. And uh, sometimes we can stroll. Garden each course between each course, so capitals finish. People go out and some people smoke and come back for next course. Very casual, yeah, uh, almost okay. like a somebody's home. That's cool. Yeah. So when you opened, this was what two months later, three months later after you acquired the space. November first. November first. I remember I moved it. Yeah, I mean, uh, Lisa came here already operated. 
and we she have to be sometime in Los Angeles doing catering. We ask, uh, do you know Barbara Naya, Naya Vineyard, Bruce Naya? Oh, I know the name. I've never met. She was doing a, a managing at the Japanese as well. So we, she was not working. So we asked her to manage the chair at the very beginning until we really moved to wow. Barbara. Yeah. Then uh, actually I cooked. Uh, I just took over. So menu, I just kept it. Same menu. Also, we didn't have a name, Terra. What was the name? It's called Duckworth. So the original was Duckworth. Duckworth. And the people from Texas, you know, all group from Texas opened this restaurant, American restaurant. But uh, they came May of 18, 1988. And they closed uh, like a September. Oh, no, no. They opened. Yeah. They opened, but the chef. I mean, he lost a son or daughter, and he, yeah, he stopped working, so. Wow. So then, how did the name Terra come to be? Terra, you know, because of a stone building, something like a stone, dirt, you know, kind of image. Then we checked the number of name and uh, something, a stone bridge, you know, stone something. It was a hookah house was uh, existing here, you know, in 1890 <laughs> or something. That we can use that name kind of thing. Well, that's kind of funny. You could <laughs> use it now. You probably could back then. Everybody was like, no, we're not stepping into a place that's a whorehouse. Yeah. That was a whorehouse. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, whorehouse here. Uh, actually, it's on a bridge. There's a, what's it called? A plaque? Yeah. That tells you the story. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. You can take a look. So I don't remember. Then, uh, then uh, I thought there was a Japanese cartoon animation. Okay. It's called Uchu Senka Yamato. <laughs> Maybe you don't know that. I probably don't know that. Almost My like Japanese is really not yeah. that strong right now. I've been working on it diligently. It's basically the idea of like a Star Trek. It's a spaceship. Look like a, a warship. It's called Yamato. It's the biggest warship Japanese made it for World War II name after that but it's a spaceship but it's a, there, there's something always going on but uh, whenever come back to earth they call instead of a, in japanese it's called chikyu instead of a, they say chikyu means earth they call terra which is if anybody watches sci-fi <laughs> It's in Battlestar Galactica. It's in every major sci-fi film. They call it Terra. Who would have ever thought that you were a sci-fi nerd? <laughs> or animation. Or, well, a manga. I mean, everybody loves ma manga stuff. Has always been so great. I thought it's a fit. Like, what are we going to do? Because uh, we don't, we, we didn't categorize uh, cuisine. It's really, nowadays, everybody. But uh, we don't want to be a French. Or we don't want to be Italian. We don't want to be Japanese. Whatever, you know, come out from my head, we're going to serve. And uh, if we like it, serve, you know. So that was the idea. And uh, everything, we, we don't have to limit, have to come from Napa. No, we can use anything we want. Of course, local farmer is great. But don't limit. That was my idea. So all recipe too. Any recipe you want on earth, you can use it. That was the idea of Terra too. So Terra, whole thing, you know. That's amazing. I mean, you know, you you set a precedent up here. And I think for so many, you know, I off the top of my head, you know, so many of your staff that went through you, you know, I know, you know, and, and they're extremely talented and so well versed and just really great people and have run beautiful businesses and do great things. And it's so amazing the stories that all of them tell about working there like really fun, you know? And, and that's the part that kept me, like keep always kept me saying, man, they're just always having fun there, you know? And every time we would do an event, you would push the limits. Like, I think the first time I ever did a big event, I was, I was the sous chef for someone else, but you had set up this gigantic noodle setup. Oh my God. I'll never forget that. And I was like, okay, that's how you go and do a fucking event. <laughs> you don't, it's not like, okay, I'm just going to go and I'm going to sandbag it, which let's be honest. How many people go in sandbag events? 
pretty much majority, right? They go and they, they do the, all right, they tell us to prep a thousand. We're doing 500, <laughs> right? They always do that. It, it's like something on a little, you know, it's like a crouton. a crouton. And it's like, no, you show up with this monster, monster contraption with, it was amazing. And there's like noodles sliding down in the bowl. And I was just like, that's how you do an event. Thank you, Chris. And that was, and, and I'm no bullshit. That was for me the precedent that I based every event that I did moving forward when I took over at Encanto because you don't, people are going there to see you. They're going there to be a part of something. Mm-hmm. They're not just going there to get a nibble and walk away. They want, they experience. want an experience in a show. So you took your experience of the restaurant and brought it to them. At Port Mason or wherever we were doing events. You know, we, we took to Hawaii too. We took to Hawaii. We took it to uh, Cleveland. I mean, it was did, amazing. Uh, Los Angeles. Too. I'll never forget that. It was like, holy shit, this is insane. It's genius. Mm-hmm. And you had a line beyond because everybody wanted to be a part of it. And I think you gave them a bigger experience than just a quick bite of food. Mm-hmm. And to me, that that's what we are. We are taste givers. We give taste memories, and we're given an experience. Yeah, and it's 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 more than just going and you know putting out a few bites and going to have a bunch of drinks. You know, it's really about you know a great, full experience. great to see it again. You know, the chef like to see customer laughing or smiling or liking your what whatever you did. That's our goal, right? That's, that's well, that's like, our that's instant, why we do. It's the instant gratification that we can't. You know, mm-hmm. we, we don't really have much patience, let's be honest, <laughs> right? You you've, you've gotten more <laughs> patience over time. I have not. I think I've gotten a little, I've gotten a little better, but I think that there's something to be said for that. We want to see that smile. We yeah. want to see that guest recollection of like that moment when that taste memory happens and they just do the, and, and you see it in their eyes and the expression on their face. It's magic. Yeah. It's nothing, the best part. Nothing They're, replaceable. No, it's not. Yeah. We give up so much to see somebody else smile yeah exactly and there's something to be said for that i mean and when we do that i feel that there it's it's enriching their soul is just as as much as it enriching ours you know sometimes when i get restaurant business doing you know we learned successfully 30 years unfortunately we closed uh, last year but uh, sometimes you know you really bottom feel like uh, uh your refrigerator broken Weekend, uh, isn't that every day? Dishwa- <laughs> it's every day. There's something HVAC broke, no working, whatever you know, and uh, stuff didn't show up. But you know, I always make a between uh, business hours. I make a go through the restaurant, bar, dining room, come back to kitchen, go out, go back again. Then if they, I can hear what they're talking about, food or something. Just one customer give me like a positive, you know, look. Then I'm okay that day, you know. That much affect me how customer react. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's affirmation for the hard work, but also I think it's you're you're a part. You become part of their life, mm-hmm. yeah. whether it's a. Um, a wedding, an anniversary. Yeah, I hate to say it. Yeah. Sometimes people come and uh, for a funeral as in memory of someone. But it's very important that those be positive. Yeah, you know, and is just as as like you're going to have people that come back, and I'm sure you did. Thirty years. How many people came back for that anniversary over and over again? Yeah, a or, long time ago. This What's was that? my first date. Was uh, yeah, this exactly restaurant. That corner. Yeah, he and they said, remember it said. to the to the T. Yeah. That's powerful. And sometimes we remember picture memory, something. Oh, yeah, you said table 23, kind of 18 years later or something. Somehow we remember. <laughs> it's kind of scary. <laughs> well, yeah, considering that you definitely didn't have open table back 18, <laughs> that many years ago. And it was all in the red book, right? Oh, we would yeah, take all our notes. Oh, I remember you order. It came for first course. Kind of like, yeah. You didn't know that sweet wine. <laughs> 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 but okay what made you happy and you smiled so over that 30 years mm-hmm. you affected so many people in the valley you affected chefs 
all around the globe. I mean, you guys travel, the two of you have traveled so much and brought so much influence into the Bay Area that I think, you know, I, I don't even think people realize you've introduced so many people to Japanese cuisine. You know, how many people have you taken to Japan and shown Japan? I, it's like, I went with Stefan, Stefan and, you know, like <laughs> Stefan went with you and, you know, like knowing show and, yeah. you know, like that world that you brought has been such a, a big, huge breath of fresh air and, and, and something new. And when I started in this city, I looked to Tara. I looked up to what you guys were doing constantly. Because for me, it was like, okay, that's rad. That building's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. The space that they're in, the feeling and vibe that it gives. I mean, you really inspired, you know? And I hope that you know that. That there's so many people out there that feel that way. Not enough people tell you. Mm -hmm. and, and I hear about it all the time about both of you. You know? I think that that's... You make me cry. Oh, come on now. <laughs> it's it's called honesty. And I think that that's people don't realize you guys in my mind were the were the I, I my honest opinion, you guys were the first up here to really slam it out of the park. No, no, no. no in my mind, yes. No, every that's time, for me every generation somebody else before. Of uh, course, before, of course, but for my generations easier for us. For me, mm -hmm that you guys were oh, it. Okay. You guys were it. You guys were the ones who grand slammed it up here, really made everybody want to come. You made that feeling of joy and that excitement and, and made what a lot of people thought of fine dining in Napa comfortable and cash. Because like you embrace technique you, and Lissa, just really the two of you together between the front of the house and the pastry and the techniques that were going on mm -hmm. there, nobody felt like it was stuffy. Nobody felt like they couldn't come in in jeans, right? <laughs> but we used to have a sign say, no shorts. <laughs> well, there's, that's okay. I get no shorts, right? No shoes, no shorts, no service, right? <laughs> that was your sign. Yeah, that, no, that was a tricky one, too. One lady showed up with, it looked like a skirt from front, and she passed me, and, uh, oh, my God, it's pants from back, short pants from back. Like, what kind of... <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to do, kick her out? <laughs> But you were talking, you didn't want people in like surf trunks and, you know, and that's fair. I think that's no, a fair. I, I, actually, Lisa didn't like the, uh, biking shorts. Well, who wants to sit in <laughs> bike diapers for, I mean, come on. But Cycling up, shorts. Okay, I'm a cyclist and I wear those. But there's no way after a bike ride I want to hang out in those. It's like wearing Depends. You're basically wearing an adult diaper to sit down for <laughs> dinner service. No, thank you. Like, hey, I'm going to sit through a really beautiful three-course, four-course uh, meal oh my wearing my bike shorts. No, thanks. It's not comfortable in any way, shape, or form. With the shoes, too. With the click-clack shoes. No, it's not happening. It's not happening. Sliding the bathroom. So in that 30 years, what highlights like your, your big highlights and you know the i i do you have any regrets of being open for 30 years regrets no you know why it's a get to know people is uh for me it's great thing even cooks new cooks new dishwasher waiters you know everybody meeting people is great for me so plus you know you get to know customer and then uh you become kind of get to know uh, all other chefs. So they invite us to cook in uh, different locations. So many places we went because of, uh, you know, they invite us to cook. That's a great experience because once you own uh, your place where you, you can start, you know, study, book, you can, you eating around, where you can see the other people's kitchen, that was the only chance. And you get you get a lot of good ideas. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. God, this way. Like, you why do that. Think about that. You it, know, it, it, the light bulb goes on. <laughs> yeah, man, that's a good way to store that. I never <laughs> thought about that. <laughs> I know exactly. So that way, it's uh, great things. You can all go stash. You know, you can, but I didn't. That's kind of weird. Uh, it is. I mean, I've done it. Did you? Uh -huh. Oh yeah, I went to Italy. Huh? The stash too. 
Two days. <laughs> two days of stage doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, but currently now kids put it on their resume for three hours. Oh, yeah. So let's just <laughs> so two days that's a, a lifetime in this year. <laughs> so what what is the fondest memory that you have of being in Terra? Huh? Like one of those moments that will always be that that What'd you say? It's okay. <laughs> this is see. This is the fun part about this because makes it's. I you don't know, edit. Like know, one I, of the funnest memories that you guys came. You know when we closed, you guys came. You came. Other uh, Chris came, and other old cooks used to work for us came. You know. That night was and actually it, pretty amazing. Yeah, how many were in the dining room? Used to work for us came to help, and that was like almost like a great moment too yeah that was an awesome yeah. night i mean there were so many great people you know you like i said you guys set a precedent you really did you know and i think it's really it's it you shows know. it really shows it shows in all the people that worked for you mm-hmm. it shows in how they are doing and you set you created legacies with this next generation you know i remember uh, funnest memory not funniest I remember crazy, kind of scary moment was like uh, when I was spiral, still spiral, and uh, this side is here. And uh, every night we took off. So, how many we did? And, uh, okay, 120. And, uh, one night, like Saturday, like uh, October 31st or something, October 30 or something, she said we did 180. Like, what? 180? I, I was still at spiral. But the you know chef here, sous chef basically did it, and you guys did 180. So I moved like I was like, I was 180 every night kind of thing. <laughs> then we did like a three people <laughs> next day or something. Like yeah, but it was Halloween. <laughs> scary. <laughs> that scared you, Chris. But you didn't think in your mind, okay, yeah. October 30th, yeah, yeah, yeah. 180. October 31st, everybody's dressed up for Halloween. They're not coming oh, no, in. Also, the February. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, true. And that was your first, This was this your first winter here? Oh, yeah. First winter, also the Valentine's Day. Night before, I think 13th, we did two covers. <laughs> Only two covers we did. Okay. Next day, we did 140 covers. You know how hard is that one? Oh, uh, yeah. How so many of you were in the kitchen? Really hard, right? <laughs> You know that. Oh, it's horrible. That, like, you have to have a constant to keep everybody in the right mindset. So it's like, I can see it now. It's like, I'm not going to fly. Nope, nope, nope. Not going to do it. And then then you're like, throw them off the Empire State Building. It's like, go, you're flying right now. I know. That's that's inevitable what what this business is like. It's funny, but we never did zero. Yeah, lowest is two. Lowest is two. <laughs> never did zero. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh. God. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh yeah. So, kind of, you have now. I can think. Greg Dunmore. Yeah. Okay. And Greg Denton. Mm-hmm. Gabby. Mm-hmm. Who else? Hmm. We had the uh, chef. Used to be our chef. Went the East Coast. Oh, you don't know him, Chris Bardington. Yeah, and uh, Chris Schremer also was chef cuisine at the Terra. Went to Copenhagen, opened the restaurant Beast, B E A. Oh, I know that Best. one. Yeah, and yeah. now he's back to United States. He opened uh, his own place in upstate New York. Mm, who else? And we had uh, Andrew was a sous chef at the Terra. He opened his own place in Philadelphia. Actually, he just closed, I think. Oh. Hmm. There's more, I know there is. <laughs> it's just a lot to remember all at once, when, especially when they throw it at you. Oh, so yeah. and the Tracy. Tracy was a chef of uh, kebabs and kebabery. Camino. Yeah. And uh, John, John is at uh, 
that's a biscuit thing there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, he's a chef there. He's a great guy. Yeah. So now you guys have retired. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> See, and I'm looking at Lyra with Lisa with a big zero hand at me. Normally, I'm used to people throwing this finger at me, but she's doing the big zero sign. So, but you guys have been doing some amazing traveling. You got a puppy. Yeah. You're playing guitar like you're Bob Dylan over here. (laughs) Eric Clapton. Sorry, sorry. I got the wrong one there. Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page. Oh, my God. This is priceless. (laughs) Give him a corner. Yeah, we'll hire you. microphone. Maybe I should play guitar. Yeah. So... Where, let's. So you guys have been everywhere. I mean, you've been to Australia. You went to Turkey. You went yeah. Armenia, Armenia, Georgia. Georgia. Where else? Then we went to Italy, Sardinia. First time visit Sardinia. Then Florence. There was Nancy's birthday. I saw that. Birthday. I saw pictures. See, that's what's funny. It's like I know where you guys are because, like, we're we're all on this. Everybody's on the social media platform. You can't even go anywhere nowadays. Oh anybody. yeah. I think because maybe, maybe it, I should change it to my private account. Private account? Well, you know, it's kind of good. Somebody was saying the other day to me, they're like, do you really put where you are all the time? Because don't you think a criminal one day is going to break in your house when you're gone? Because you put a picture up of it? No, no, no. We don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a, that's a, that's a valid a point, right? Yeah. It makes you think. It's like, but also we're now in a world where if you don't put a picture up on Instagram, it didn't happen. And I'm just as guilty, right? Like, come on, I was just away for, you know, for a vacation for seven days in Montreal. <laughs> and it's like, people are like, you went to Montreal? I don't believe you. I didn't see a picture. I was like, well, I have the, I have the receipts and I got a plane ticket. You, does that count? No, there was we no are, photo. We, like, we almost go same place, right? She take a picture. I take a picture. And uh, if I post before her, she got kind of... Ah! <laughs> That's amazing. So instead of... I, Putting picture in the Instagram in the bedroom. I go to the bathroom and really fast. <laughs> you guys trying to beat each other to the post. That's priceless. <laughs> so on all these cool trips, what has been your favorite trip? Mm. What has been something that's like totally shocked you? Like you've been seeing all these foods and all these pictures you've been putting up. I think the cool ones, that, not that none of them were cool, but like the ones that really were turkey looked really interesting to me. The food looked really cool. Um, something completely new to me. Armenia, you know, the bread making. I, I, I happily... <laughs> he did post a lot of pictures of bread. I, I watched. bread very much, but... Uh, how we spotted a couple of places like a handmade bread. It's so beautiful. Just watching, I bet they're doing a number of years there, you know, so smooth, just perfect color. And uh, it's amazing to watch. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine making bread over there. Like cooking in a tandoor scares the daylights out of me. Yeah, you're going to lose. Oh, you don't have hair. I don't know. I'm kind of like, yeah. yeah. I mean, see, I got... Oh, I, it's hot. I put my hand in there. It's, a, it's hot. Hot. Really hot. I got a little hair. Come on. What are you trying to say? Not a hairless cat. That's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, like Jack Pepper. Oh. Leave <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, sorry, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so what's next? Like, what are you guys up to? What are you going to do? I don't know. What do you want to Give me the job. Give you a job. Oh, my God. You don't want a job. Are you having fun? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because, like, you know, restaurant business, usually you have to be at the restaurant weekend for sure, right? Or event you do somewhere outside, but you come back for weekend. Make sure you're going to be working there or something like that. Also, we used to close only Tuesday. Then we decided to close Tuesday and Wednesday. We had a two days, but always Tuesday, Wednesday. Something like a concert come in. Usually weekend. I don't know why they play in weekend. So we never watch concert or anything. Now, like, a, oh, Friday, Saturday, let's go to see concert. Good. Sunday, concert. So there is really a world outside of the restaurant industry. Exactly. It's, I hear it's pretty fun. I'm, tr- you know, we're all getting better. I think, you know, you know. Also, that we at uh, place 
you know, 10 more years pass, then uh, sometimes maybe your, your leg is not moving like uh, do right now, or eyesight will be not like right now. So that's my idea too. Also, listen, let's see what's going on all over the world to see, you know, maybe 10 years later we cannot do it. <laughs> then you, yeah, that's when you then then you open a restaurant and delegate again, yeah. right? Then it becomes the delegation system, or you just use a finger, or it's a counter, or you do the traditional Japanese mm-hmm. counter restaurant, or like a, just one menu, one menu, one menu, two cooks, one dishwasher. I mean, no, one menu, one dish, just one dish. Okay, I'm gonna cook this dish Friday, six o'clock. Okay, how many people wanna come? Kind of thing. That would be cool. I would do that. You can do pickup too, you know. That would be fun. When you go to Japan, here's here's my question. Okay, so uh-huh. you're from where in Japan? Miyagi. Prefecture. Uh, no, that, yeah, prefecture. You 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 went there, right? Uh, Miyagi? It's close to Sendai, right? Yeah, Sendai. Yeah, so I went with Sho yeah. and Stefan. Yeah. Um, absolutely the tsunami beautiful. site you saw. Uh, yeah. That's uh, I came from. Show and I came from Miyagi Prefecture. Yeah. So when you go back to Japan, yeah, what is your thing you crave the most? What is the thing that you the, like? You get off the plane. Oh yeah, first thing I do. Yeah. So we take a train called Narita Express. So that's between uh, Narita Airport and Tokyo. It takes about like a fifty-five minute express train. But the first thing I do is uh, buy Japanese beer. Why? Which, which one? Uh, usually Kirin or Sapporo is available on the train. So whatever Kirin was. My father used to drink Kirin. So I got to know the beer, the taste, right? I still remember. Oh, and when you were sneaking different. them when you were a little kid? <laughs> it's, it's different. Even Kirin is available here. It's not made in Japan. So it's or different Sapporo flavor. It's not made in Japan. It tastes different. So that's why every time I go to Japan, first thing is buy the cambia, drink. Then like, oh, I'm in Japan. <laughs> I love that. I relax a little bit. We took that same train when we when we landed in uh, Narita? Japan. Yeah, we uh-huh. took the Narita Express. And the first thing I did was order off the cart. Oh, you did? What did you order? A katsu sando. Katsu sando. Katsu yeah. sando. Uh, yeah. And it, it was so... Like I, I, you know, you hear all these stories about like the the train food and the fast food in the market, like the little uh, convenience store. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, it's not, it's no joke. Like people don't realize how rad it really is. You know, like David Chang did that whole feature on it. Like uh-huh. what is it? Um, and Tony did it. Yeah, Tony, Tony did, did it. Um, it was what the heck was the place called? Lawson. Lawson's. I yeah. was going to say Lowry's, like the seasoning salt. But that. But it, I went there because... Japanese people say Lawson. <laughs> Only, uh, I'm not saying that. <laughs> so that, but I thought it was, a, I, I kept hearing all these things. I'm like, no, it can't be that good. It can't be that good. And I'm like, okay, I'm wrong. It's really good. And, and you know, small store, but they have everything. Oh, not just food. Well, you know that maybe the, you could buy the things for your son there too. Oh yeah, you can buy yeah, you can buy all sorts of things there. But the other thing that was cool was the um, what's up with the, the 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 vending machine? You know what? I'm gonna have a hot coffee. <laughs> it comes <laughs> yeah. out in a can, hot. Yeah, yeah. Can I get a bottle of scotch? Can yeah. I get a bottle of you know? But and ironically, always the coffee is like some famous American actor's got oh, his yeah, face on, on the, it too, on the picture. which is so. <laughs> What is up with that? Like the what? Oh, it is always sweet. It's either sweet black, sweet with it's cream. Funny, it's funny. Famous people with like movie stuff. Movie Usually stars. Usually don't do commercial here, but if you go to Japan, Japan or somewhere, yeah, for a good time, make it a Suntory time. <laughs> Who was it? What was the guy's name? Um, he American was guy. American guy was in Men in Black. I have pictures of it. I can totally see it. Oh, it wasn't Will Smith. It was the other, other guy. guy. Yeah, he's in the commercial. I mean, coffee, oh, coffee, coffee. He yeah. was like, he was all over the coffee. I remember that. <laughs> but you know, it's like, but it's so. The thing that interested me most, and what blew me away, was the 
the commitment to a type of cuisine mm-hmm. from generation to generation to generation, right? We, my great great grandfather made soba, and then my grandfather, mm-hmm. and it just kept going through. And it's and the the goal to reach perfection that can never be reached. You know, it's yes, almost like a craft craftsmanship. Yes, and uh, knife making, soba making. Uh, tofu, pottery, pottery thing. All they do they do one thing really well. So they don't do the whole different jam. They do one thing just to make in soba. You know, you find out they have a soba restaurant just serve soba, right? Yeah. The ramen place is ramen, and the eel place is only eel. Oh, I love that. Chicken place is only chicken. So they. they so when you came here, mm-hmm. was that transition for you, like? whoa what the hell's going on it's like look i can go to one restaurant and get my eel and then i'll go to the other restaurant over there and get a katsu and then go to here and get ramen and then you come to the states and it's like well you can have all of this in one dining room because the guy in the kitchen really has no idea what he's doing he's guessing like how did that feel for you coming from growing up with that like that individualism and that craftsmanship to coming to a place where in the U.S., when you went to a Japanese restaurant, they had everything. Yeah, but the, you had to fulfill, you know, something you don't have. You miss so much, you know. Yeah. So you go, you find out the what you can order from this restaurant, you know, kind of deal, you know. Oh, so you would seek out the one thing that was really good and then go find the other place that had the other thing <laughs> that you wanted. That's hysterical. I love that. That's genius. Thank you. That's actually really smart. You find out. Right now. <laughs> That's, I, I, oh, come on. Don't. <laughs> so, okay. I've got, I do some pretty standard questions that I do for everybody. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, red or white wine? White. You like white. Okay. Beer or tequila? Tequila, definitely. Make me happy. I know. I've seen you. Um, <laughs> sake or soju? Soju, I guess. You know why? Why? It uh, doesn't change the sugar in the body. Oh, so what you're saying is there's no hangover? No, I just be careful. You know, I don't want to get like diabetes. Oh, so, okay. You know, my age. <laughs> I love sake. Yes. <laughs> yes. But uh, now I have to drink. In Japan, it's called Ojisan drink. Ojisan is like uh, old people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, everybody, welcome to the geriatric section <laughs> of our drinking menu. And today we have <laughs> shochu. <laughs> shochu. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Uh, nigiri or sashimi? Oh, man. You have to have a bowl. Both. Caviar uni. The look on Lissa's face right now is priceless. I'm getting death <laughs> eyes over there. <laughs> why do we have to pick? Why would we, we put the caviar on the uni? <laughs> wow. You're greedy. Beef or pork? I have it's just preference. I'm just asking. Pork. Pork. Me too. Actually, I like a lot of both lately. Yeah, I like both. I like both. Yeah. Um, ramen or soba? Gosh, Chris. I know, man. I put the I put it. I was like crazy for ramen, long time. Every place I go, I had to try the ramen. But another health issue, you know. <laughs> so I have a question. What do you think? Ramen in the U.S. Mm-hmm is very different the way it's consumed and thought about comparative to when you're in Japan. When consumed. you Meaning the way people eat it. People go out for ramen mm-hmm. and they turn it into a long, extensive meal. Whereas you go to Japan, you got 15 minutes. And the guy, if not, if you don't mm-hmm. eat it in 15 minutes, if you talk, he tells you to pound sand and get out of the <laughs> restaurant. Right? You so know, we, we had a big fight between Alyssa and me. Like uh, early day, we are visiting Osaka. And I always come up, like, what are we going to eat for lunch or dinner or something? Then uh, like, uh, time is clicking, right? Like, dinner time. Like, 
oh my god we can we have to make a decision what are we gonna do this i said what the fuck <laughs> that's not the meal that's a snack it is a snack i agree <laughs> but no no in japan that's meal it's yes meal. but it's a meal but it's also treated differently you know uh-huh. i feel that there's a difference to the service Mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. there's the vending machine where you get your ticket for the beer mm-hmm. there's the ticket for your ramen the add an egg or yeah. add right mm-hmm. and then you hand it to the guy over the counter who's wearing a dish towel on the top of his head in the big hot <laughs> kitchen he then hands you your bowl yeah. you have to serve yourself water if you want more beer you have to go get another ticket mm-hmm. and you right. come back and you mm-hmm. hand him the ticket mm-hmm. but it's not like you can stop eating and look over and like have like a 20 minute conversation with anybody because you'll be told to leave <laughs> right especially you know oh i almost said wrong stuff but i think it's interesting <laughs> it's so interesting that the difference between how it's perceived in the u.s comparative to it's considered truly like fast food mm. like not just fast food is like go and get a hamburger like that kind of fast food like fast food eat it quickly and go you know Whereas, whereas like having soba is different. That's a much more civilized experience. Mm. Oh, it's interesting. You know, I, I to hear from you. I, just thought, I mean, that's, that's how I experienced, how you it. experienced it. That's yeah. very much how I experienced yeah. it when I was, I was curious as to, do you agree with that or am I crazy? Yeah, yeah. I can see that side too. But the soba is another place. It's like, a, do you know tachigui? Mm. There's no so many category of restaurant. Like uh, doesn't have seats. It's a stand up. Stand up. I like stand up. Yeah, because it's soba. I've never seen that style. All the style I've ever uh-huh. seen was a sit down. Mm-hmm. Actually, the 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 best, the most beautiful soba experience was at Hitachino Brewery, where they ground yeah. made the soba, on, and we had the big dumpling and yeah. then we had the noodles after uh-huh. and it was such a cool experience because it was it was the pace was different not that trust me don't get me wrong i loved my ramen paces when i was there because uh-huh. you know i did fatty ramen and i did tsukune and i did everything i'm just curious as to your opinion on it because growing up there and coming here and the massive influx of ramen and noodles and the love of noodles now in the u.s the perception is very different between the experience between the two because I think when people go to Japan to get ramen, it's an eye opener. <laughs> I love it. I mean, you know, perfect example was Ivan, you know, and, and when he opened. So Tachigui place, I was going to tell you, it was uh, no seat. So it's a eat, get out. <laughs> Probably you order and uh, soba noodle front of you in no even one minute. So then you eat soba noodle probably th- in three minutes. So five minutes is a turning, turning time. One person come in, usually doesn't have so many standing place, maybe maximum 10. You just come in, order, eat soba, get out. So people just waiting behind you, you know. And so what would, just an idea, like what would the cost be for that one plate? When I was there, because I wake up, then I have to take a 45 minutes train to Midtown, I mean Tokyo, and work at the restaurant, right? So I have a very short time to make a meal, morning meal. So I always stop the Tachigui soba. I just eat in a five minutes and get on the train, go to Tokyo, work, come home like midnight, right? So that's very short time to eat. Short time. How much would a plate cost? Oh, plate cost was 100 yen. And what's 100 yen? And At that time, like, uh, probably 360 yen to data. So, like, uh, 40 cents. <laughs> you got to do a lot of covers <laughs> <laughs> to make a living. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, nowadays, I just stopped. Last time I was in uh, my hometown, Tachigui Soba place. There was a 350 yen, probably, like a $3.50. That's still nothing. Yeah. You know, in Japan, it's, uh, everybody thinks it's really expensive country, but uh, if you like to eat cheap way, you can do it. You know, so many choices. Uh, food there is incredible. 
We should go to Japan. We should go to Japan. Yeah, Tatiana and I have been talking about going, and I really want to go. She, like, I've been now twice. Three times. No, she twice. She's not been yet. Um, so uh, the next trip, we should all. Hey, Olympic. That is actually the discussion. Olympics. The Olympics is going to be interesting. I want somebody going to hire me to cook for American team in Tokyo. Did uh, the U.S. Olympic Committee hear that? Uh, I think Hero is volunteering to cook <laughs> for the U.S. athletes at the Olympics in Tokyo. And they come with a free translation. Uh, and he will translate for the athletes when they go out to eat at night as long as they buy him dinner. So, Olympic Committee, I know you're listening. Uh, so, make sure you reach out. I can put you in contact with Hero. No problem. But I get to come, too. <laughs> <laughs> win-win situation <laughs> so i, I want to say thank you very much for taking time thank out of your you day. that was so much fun it's uh it's always a pleasure and i love getting to hang out with you guys i we don't do it enough it's uh but i'm working on making more time yeah. well you guys have been traveling the globe so <laughs> look at that the big stretch yeah stretching actually, actually i have to go to japan tomorrow yeah tomorrow morning oh wow yeah. So, well, I I want to wish you safe travels and thank you both very much and uh we will hang out again soon. Next time no microphones and no cloud notes. Okay. Thank you, Chris. You're welcome.